looking for this morning? What are you, what are you looking for? That's a question that uh, applies to a lot of things. This time of year, I think of it going way back in my time to before pastoring when I was working in retail. I was working at a department store. I was in the men's departments where I started right out of college. And, you know, you get different experiences. We shop online now, but once upon a time when we used to all go in the stores and shop, you'd run into all different kinds of customers and, and just their, your approach to them would often bring about a different answer, a different relationship, a different connection right off the bat. I was working in the men's uh, better clothing department, dress clothing, if you will, and wearing a coat and tie and, and all that. When you are standing in a department, and a customer walks by and you just greet them, hey, may I help you? What do you think the standard answer is? No, just looking. No, just looking. How many times do you hear that? No, just looking, which is exactly why people would come to the department store, right? Just to browse around and look and then go home and think, wow, what a wonderful morning. Had a great time or afternoon or evening whenever they were there. Of course not. You knew they were there for a reason. The challenge was figuring out what that reason was. Why did they come in? What were they looking for? It took me a little while to, to begin to grasp what was happening because I truly was eager to help. And so I had to work at it and understand where they're coming from. So I began to no longer stand at the register and wait for somebody to walk by that I could pounce on, so to speak. Hey, may I help you? And instead would go and and maybe just straighten up the dress shirts or find something that needed to be done, work in the department. And I would be doing that and still watching for people. And as they would come by, just greet them, not pounce, give them just a few minutes, and then maybe say, hey, if you're looking for something this morning that I can help you with, let me know. Or, morning, are you looking for something in particular? Sometimes just the casual approach would begin to get them to open up a little bit. Jesus employed this same technique when he was with his first disciples. It was conversational, but you knew there was a reason. There was a purpose. There was something he was getting at. This time of year, it's a common, common occurrence to be, for most of us to be seeking things nothing else, we're all trying to find Christmas gifts to give to somebody, right? Or a gift to give at a holiday party or something. When you think about those first disciples, when we think about them and, and they're encountering Jesus for the first time, they too were looking for something. Many of his early disciples and those that didn't actually become disciples were seeking relief from their situation, seeking some kind of relief from the oppressive government, seeking, seeking one who would come and restore their favor. What they had been once upon a time as the people of God in the kingdom of Israel. This morning we're going to pick our story up in the Gospel of John and I invite you to turn there, in particular to the first chapter, where Jesus encounters a couple of those first would-be disciples. They have been listening to John the Baptist preach and speak and 
he sees Jesus coming and he says, look, the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. I'm paraphrasing. And a couple of them immediately turn, the scripture says, and begin to follow him. And Jesus employs this same technique I'm talking about. He's continuing on, but he turns and looks at them. And in the NIV, he says, what do you want? Now, that could come off a little harsh. In some of the other translations, it says, what are you looking for? Which kind of softens it a bit. It's not an angry, what do you want? Why are you following me? What are you, what are you harassing me? You know, it's not that kind of a, a response. It's, it's more of a, what are you looking for? What do you seek? And that's really the translation that gets most of what Jesus is meaning here. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? Now, if you've ever had somebody encounter you with a question, then maybe it's a bit abrupt. Maybe you're wanting to just kind of watch for a little bit. You can be taken aback and you, you maybe don't answer directly. Maybe you're struggling to think, what, what do I say? How do I, how do I not get myself into something or committed before I know what's going on here? And they respond to him with what might seem like a strange question. Teacher, where are you staying? What, are they taking a poll? I mean, what, what, what are they getting at? Where are you staying? Again, it helps sometimes to look at various translations to understand what is, what is trying to be said because sometimes we can ask the same question or use the same words in, in communication, but they have a little different meaning. What they're really getting at here, Jesus is wanting to know what are you seeking, what are you about? What are you looking for? Not just right now, but what do you really want? What are you hoping for? And when they're asking, where are you staying? They're asking more than just where are you temporarily. They're asking, what are you, where are you dwelling? Where are you, where are you at work? You're here to do something and we want to find out what you're about and where you are. Jesus, knowing us as he knew them, says, rather than just a direct answer, come and see. There's an invitation to explore on our own and to discover what it is they're looking for. I found when I was working with customers, sometimes it was just straightforward, but oftentimes you would find somebody, particularly in the men's dress clothing, that didn't, frankly, want to be shopping at all. Maybe they had a funeral to go to. Maybe they had a wedding. Maybe this was a guy who didn't really want to buy a coat and tie or a dress shirt and tie. But there was a reason why he needed one. Frankly, he just wanted to get it and get out of there. And oftentimes, didn't really know how to go about the task that he had in front of find a way into that, to find a connection, to understand what, what the guy, what the gentleman was really looking for, gave me insight. And it allowed me an opportunity to kind of come alongside and help. I'll give you an example of that. You'd have, a, you'd have a man that would come in and you could tell just by his demeanor. You know, like just kind of walking around. And he just had that look like, man, I would rather be doing anything. You've probably been there. 
<laughs> kind of mosey around, look over at this particular table, find nothing, you know. Move around some things on this table, kind of hold up something, put it down. Just their whole body language said, I have no idea, and I don't want to be here. To begin to ask certain questions like, hey, uh, is, there, is there something in particular that you're trying to, to find this outfit for? Do you need this for a particular event? Yeah, I've got to do such and such and such. Oh, that can be kind of tough to find. You know, I'm just trying to find something, man. I just... And then to be able to step in and maybe offer a couple of suggestions, things that look like they might work, would oftentimes get the man's attention. Like, oh, you're, my, you, you're actually trying to help me and this might actually work. And then to be able to hold it up to them or have them try it on and see using the skills and the training that I had, you could begin to see a change in their demeanor. Like, oh wow, yeah, this, I think this is all right, this works. An entirely different mindset, an entirely different feel for their experience after you're able to come along and help. I wonder what Jesus felt. I wonder what he was feeling and thinking in those first encounters with the disciples when he was trying to determine what were they really about. Are you just following me to find out who I am? what I'm about? Or are you really wanting to know? Are you wanting to know me? Are you wanting to know my larger purpose? Not just where am I staying or what am I doing today? As you begin to follow the story that John tells us of Jesus interacting with all different types of people, you find this question asked over and over again. Maybe in different words, maybe it's implied, but there seem to be a lot of people trying to grasp who Jesus is. And in each instance, whether they're friend or foe, Jesus is asking them, what are you really looking for? It's an interesting passage to study at any time of year, but I think right now especially. Right now, because this time of year brings up a lot of emotions in people. Some really good emotions, as we anticipate Christmas and being together with family, or maybe we anticipate a break that we've needed from school or work. Maybe we're hopeful about what's going to happen when we get together with friends and family. But it can also bring up some really difficult feelings, some really hard experiences and hard memories. If you've lost a loved one this time of year, or maybe you're just very aware that you're not where you want to be, and somehow at the time of year when people are, everybody else seems to be celebrating, it makes your struggle, your lack, your whatever it is that isn't what you want, that much more painful. Feelings run high this time of year at Christmas. And there's a real opportunity for people to be asked by someone who means it, what are you looking for? What do you need? What would help you along the way? In many places in John's Gospel, you find Jesus interacting with people not just from a transaction, but from a personal engagement. 
really wanting to connect. And in particular with his own people, he's trying to get them, those who really want to follow, he's trying to get them to understand who he really is so that they can benefit from all he has to offer. I want to fast forward you now and skip through an incredible gospel, an incredible story, but take you all the way to the end. Because at this time of year, as we've talked about the last couple of Sundays, we're preparing for the celebration of Jesus' birth, but we're also preparing for His return. And in preparing for His return, and preparing for Jesus to come back, we need to be thinking about that engagement. As He comes back to us as Lord, what would He be asking you and me? What will we want to ask Him? We find a glimpse of, or find a story that may give us a glimpse of that encounter. Some of what we may be feeling or thinking when we see him for, for the first time. And it's in a passage that you don't often think of at Christmas. Matter of fact, it's a passage most often read and studied at Easter. It's the post-resurrection. It's right after he was raised from the dead. The encounter that he had with Mary. You'll find it in John 20 and I invite you to turn over to to, their, to that passage. Now, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 11, John tells the story of Mary Magdalene and her encounter with Jesus right after he's been raised from the dead. Now, you need to know that, that Mary obviously wasn't expecting to find Jesus raised from the dead. Despite the fact that he had tried to tell Mary and the other disciples over and over again what was going to happen, they struggled to get it. And even someone as close as Mary, who had followed Jesus intently, devoutly, faithfully, even Mary, who had been with Jesus through thick and thin, who had been with Him all the way to the cross, and when a lot of His other disciples fled, she stayed with Him. Even Mary, who watched Him, this one who had changed her life totally, she watched Him die an agonizing death she remained talking about somebody that's deeply committed to him so much so that after following spending several years doing nothing but following him wherever he led even in his death she's still following him the scripture talks about Jesus being buried right before Passover and to understand a little bit about that you, you would know that well, it didn't leave much time for the grieving and the being with. They had to prepare for Passover. So she gets up right after Passover is ended. Early in the morning, Scripture says, the, the day we call Easter. The morning right after the Passover is ended. And Mary goes to the tomb. Did she expect to find Jesus there to engage? Probably not. But perhaps you know like I do that there are a lot of people that go and spend time at graves. We don't go expecting the person to speak back. We go wanting to connect. Perhaps it's a loved one like a spouse or a parent or a child. And you go to the graveside and maybe you just sit. Or maybe you clean up around. Maybe you tell a recent story that you wish so much you could share with them. 
that yearning to connect with someone, even though you know they're dead and they're not here, that yearning is what Mary was feeling. And she pursues Jesus. She keeps following Him even to His grave. When she gets there, you know the story. The tomb is empty. The stone is rolled away. And she immediately runs to the disciples. Runs to Peter and John and says, Come, look! And they do. But the story about Mary's personal engagement is what I want to highlight this morning. After looking in the first part of chapter 20, Peter and John, the scripture says, went back to where they were staying, verse 10. And we pick it up in 11, because Mary stayed. This need to connect with Jesus, this desire, this, this deep yearning, comes from somebody whose whole life had been reoriented and she just can't let it go. And so she continues to stand there and she's weeping. And after the engagement with the angels who asked, why are you crying? The angels sitting inside the tomb. She says, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they put him. Mary is continuing to want to serve. She's continuing to want to connect, even with a corpse, even with a, a dead body. Not in a weird way, I don't mean anything strange about this. I just mean she's yearning to be with Jesus. And as she's experiencing this great longing and this great need, a man comes up to her and says, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Of course, it's Jesus, but Mary didn't know that. She thinks it's the gardener. And she says, Sir, if you've carried him away, if you've carried him away, just tell me where you put him and I'll go and get him. Mary's entire focus is on Jesus. Her entire longing is on being with him. And she is crushed fact that she can't even find him now. And then Jesus speaks to her. He'd been speaking when he asked her the question, but she couldn't see him for who he was. Right up until he said to her, Mary. And somehow in that personal identification, somehow in calling her name, all of the love all of the relationship comes crashing through and she's touched by it and she recognizes it immediately. It's as if she knew and could feel that deep love he had for her, the deep care he had for her. And her immediate impulse is wanting to grasp him. She's lost him once, surely she didn't want to lose him again. Surely she had now found what she was looking for. And she didn't ever want him to be taken away. It is this yearning. It is this longing within us. It is a common experience. And this time of year, many people are looking and searching for something to fill that longing. Something to fill what they've been searching for and places and 
tasks and activities and human relationships, maybe in a lot of things less noble, there is, there is something in all of us that wants more. There is something in all of us that feels like we're missing something. And we keep looking and searching and trying to find what will fulfill us, what will make us feel satisfied and whole. And we can find that in a lot of pursuits, but you know as well as I do that anything else, whether it's a new job or a new relationship or maybe a new car or something, whatever we find, it may make us feel great for a moment, but inevitably we need something else. Inevitably we still find ourselves looking. Only when we find that which we're made for, only when we find what truly satisfies do we know we've met the one who came to save us. Only when we have that feeling of being known deeply and a connection made that words aren't even necessary, you just feel a part. You feel connected. Only then do you feel like feel like you're you're on the right track you feel like you feel like the connection that you've made the person that you've met is the one who can lead you into feeling truly alive again I think this is a common experience this time of year for a whole lot of reasons I think people are yearning and looking for something more even in the midst of all the activities and all the gift-giving or the parties or whatever, I think there is an increased sense of loneliness, an increased sense of, of something missing. I highlight this story for you this morning because there's an interesting connection in the way John tells this story about those at the beginning of his walk with Jesus, those disciples, his question to them versus his question to Mary at the end. When he asks them, what are you looking for? They're kind of vague. They want to know, but they're not yet ready to commit. They're hoping, but they're unsure. At the end, there's no uncertainty with Mary. She knows exactly what she's looking for. She's trying desperately to find not a what, but a who. She's trying desperately to find Jesus. For those of you who have been walking with Jesus, for those of you who already know Him to be your Savior, your Lord, you probably don't need to know this morning who to look for. But maybe you need a reconnection. Maybe you need a deeper relationship with Him. Maybe you need Him to visit you once again because despite the fact that you know Him, despite the fact that you've been walking with Him, there's something that you're facing right now that you can't get past and can't get over. I want to encourage you to go back to Him.
Go back to Him as if you're seeing someone you haven't seen in a long time. Run to Him with that eagerness and that excitement. And lift up your question to Him. Just outright ask Him. Lord, there's no one but You that can fulfill me. There's no one but You that can satisfy or answer my need. I need You to meet me here, Lord. Because without You, I simply am unable to get past this. If for some reason you become aware this time of year that you really haven't been connected to Him like you thought, there's no better time than to go to Him and say, Lord, I'd like to get to know You on a much deeper, more personal way. A much deeper level. Lord, I can't do this without You. I need You to know me so that You can help me get to know You. And if for some reason you've never really met Him, then I issue you the same invitation He issued those first disciples. Just begin to seek Him. Tell Him you'd like to get to know Him. Ask Him to reveal Himself to you. If you really mean it, if you're really seeking, if you're really wanting to know Jesus for who He is, and to have Him know you for His purpose. He'll know your heart. And He'll meet you in this way. Jesus loves us more than we can ever imagine loving anybody or being loved by anybody. It's a love that strikes at levels deeper than we can comprehend. But when He meets you, when He meets you in that place of greatest need, when He meets you in what you're longing for or searching and you've not been able to find, when He meets you opening up yourself and saying, I am desperate and I'm looking for you, He will meet you in a way that you will know you've found the answer you've always been seeking. There'll be no doubt. It will strike a core deep inside you. And you'll know you're at home. Friends, I invite you to do that. At whatever level your relationship is with the Lord. I invite you to do that again this Christmas. Seek Him out for who He is. And ask Him to come and meet you in a new way. A deeper way. And invite you to follow Him. As He leads you forward. It's a journey of love. And there's no better gift at Christmas. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for...